Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art science and enjoyment of craft beer yeah what's wrong with the beer we got now here are your hosts tim dennis and brian hewitt welcome to the beer guys radio show we're broadcasting from the beer guys radio studios in marietta georgia and this week we are talking oktoberfest with tucker brewing i'm tim dennis and with me today are my co-host brian hewitt and the becky smalls yay Yay, Becky. I didn't forget Becky this week. (laughs) She got it acknowledged this time. She got it. Even before, no, right after. No, no, no. Right after after you. We got to speak before me. She did. So she's, uh, you know, we're turning the ship around here. So hey, Tim, as you said, we're talking Oktoberfest, the traditions, beer, music, and food. Plus, we're going to do a blind taste of a handful of Oktoberfest beers. And by handful, I mean eight. So that's a little bit, maybe more than a handful. The Ocho. Yes, the Ocho of those. And we're going to pick our favorites. We're going to rank them. Joining us for this adventure, as you said, is Tucker Brewing Company's owner, Ashley Hubbard, and brewmaster, Tucker Eagleson. Uh, Tucker Brewing Company specializes in German-style beers, so they're the right people for the task at hand. Tucker and Ashley, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having both yeah, of us. Yeah, pleasure to be here. We appreciate it. So we we jumped right in, Brian. We're already yes. drinking, and we've got our number one of eight Oktoberfest beers here. We'll talk here in a little bit about the list we've got. We're blind tasting. Yes. So blind, Brian. With this first one, I, uh, I immediately got something along the lines of a gourd flavor, like not pumpkin, but something gourdy, and then followed up by a big kind of bread crust type of finish. So big malty, little bitter maltiness to it. But okay. I mean, not bad. It's a, a pretty solid beer in my estimation. Good stuff. Tucker, what do you think? We were chatting a little bit about this. Yeah. From the smell, it smells like it has more residual sweetness in the taste. But it actually finishes pretty crisp and light. You know what? If anybody is going to have to go through this tough work of drinking a bunch of Oktoberfest beers, we'll do it. And we're doing it right, Brian. As is tradition here, we have some bratwurst and pretzels and Smalls made spatzel. And uh, we've got just all the good stuff, everything you need to have a good time. And we got pretzels from Germany's favorite restaurant, Quick Trip. Dare Quick Trip. (laughs) Yes, Dare Quick Trip. Dare Quick Trip. Great place to pick up authentic German food. That's right. Pretzels and pizza. And breakfast burritos. All of Germany's favorites (laughs) right right. there. But Brian, this week in general, I know I had a pretty chill week. I didn't do a whole heck of a lot just outside of We got together Saturday and we recorded some of our mini episodes for our Patreon supporters. And actually just earlier this week, we put out one Surly Furious, new in Georgia, Surly Brewing. So we put that out there. And if you would like to get, Brian, those mini episodes, you can do it for just $5 a month. I would totally like to do that. Right at patreon.com slash beer guys. So go check that out. Get the mini episodes, bonus content, other stuff there. But uh, that was about it for me. I had some nachos that I really liked. And uh, we recorded mini episodes, drank uh, some good beers there. 
How about you, Brian? You get into anything else? You know, so it was kind of a, a chill starting with the weekend forward because I, I did a little, and I'm going to air quotes this, a little testing of some drink recovery stuff. And so I tied one on a bit. So I got in some gin and tonic. For science. For science. I did this for science. I got into some Superstition Meteries Vanilla uh, Marion, which is really delightful and interesting when you're mixing rum and gin and tonics and then stuff like Creature Comfort's Mutualism, which is fantastic. 2016. I didn't, when I opened it, I expected it to be good. I did not expect it to be quite as amazing as it was. So that was great. And just a, a bunch of interesting stuff. I got into some alternate IPAs too, some uh, hazy little thing and high lie, some stuff I hadn't had in a while. So good stuff. I mixed it up a little bit, but you know, honestly, I didn't get too wild this week other than that one day, which kind of felt the next day. Yeah. Smalls, yeah. did you do any science this week? Oh, no. I hung out with friends and family this weekend, started pre-gaming Oktoberfest, did some line and kugels. And then, you know, as you do when you're at the liquor store and they have those frozen hard popsicles, they just magically came home with me as well. Having so often. Nice. Tried those out. And then I got to see my favorite comedian, Jim Jeffries. He was in town. So I got to go do that. And that's about it. Otherwise, it was really chill. These followed me home. Can I keep them? Right? Yeah, that's why I told <laughs> yeah. Orion. Like, they fell in the cart. They had to come home. They were mine. Tucker, Ashley, I've I bet you've had a busy week gearing up for Oktoberfest season, right? Oh, good Lord, yes. So we have our big Oktoberfest event Saturday the 28th. So we have been planning, booking events, booking vendors, I guess not. I shouldn't say events, but just, you know, I mean, it's one thing after the next of getting ready for a big blowout Oktoberfest party. Rock and roll, right? Absolutely. Brian, I have a correction. We don't have to do a lot of these, or maybe we should probably do more. I don't know. There's When I'm pointed out that we made a mistake, we correct it. But last week when we were talking to Deschutes Brewing, we were talking, Brian, about Crispy Boys. Oh, yeah. And they asked us, was there a beer out there called Crispy Boys? And we said we didn't think so. We were incorrect. (laughs) So about midweek, someone texted me a picture of Crispy Boy Pilsner from Alarmist Brewing Company, and a quick search of Untapped shows there are actually quite a few more out there under that name. And Brian actually got some hate mail. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think more disgust, Mel, for using the term crispy boys. They they don't care for that term. I just think it's funny. But uh, Daryl, the next crispy boy I drink will be for you. So we appreciate your support there. Hashtag crispy boys for Daryl. Crispy boys for Daryl. Is that a charity? It sounds like fun. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Good stuff. You know, Tim, I think we do need to get into the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the truck and tap beer of the week. Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, I'm going to run through the list real quick here. we got some good ones to get into. We're drinking, of course, Tucker Brewing's Tucktoberfest Martzen Lager. We have Polliner Oktoberfest Marzen. Sierra Nevada Bitburger Collaboration Oktoberfest. Benedictiner Fest Beer. Spot and Oktoberfest. Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Erdinger Oktoberfest. And Highland Clawhammer. Those are the ones that we're blind tasting. At the end of the show, we'll talk about which ones we've enjoyed and why we liked them. So that is the plan, Brian. And what's going on this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right. So Founders has been doing a great job of dominating the news recently. This week, they announced a new variant of KBS. And I have a feed reader that marks how popular articles are. And every single post of this got fire next to it. Like people going nuts about it. You would think that they sold out to Sam Mahu San Miguel. All of the craft people would lose interest. Nope. People still love it. So the new variant of KBS and KBS is becoming a year round beer. So the new variant of KBS is KBS Espresso. 
And it's for people like me who thinks there can never, there's just never enough coffee in anything. Even coffee beers could use some more coffee. So both KBS going year round and the new variant starts in February of 2020. And, you know, ordinarily I don't talk about individual beer releases, but this one's got a, a warm spot in it's my a heart. Special for it. place in your heart. Yeah. It kind of got us homebrewing, which it when did. you think about yeah. it, kind of set us on the path to do this radio show. So worth a special acknowledgement. But probably my favorite story of the week is an update about the Smithsonian's American Brewing History Initiative. It's all about putting together a pretty amazing collection of beer collectibles. So the American Brewing History Initiative is, quote, the national scale, the first national scale scholarly research and collection project to gather the, and preserve the artifacts, documents, and voices associated with the uh, beer industry's recent growth. So this week, the curator wrote an update on the Smithsonian website and talked about some of the stuff they have and showed some pictures of some of the stuff they have, like Sam Caligione's original brew kettle and the vibrating football game that he used to continuously hop the original 60-minute uh, IPA and stuff like New Albion uh, Brewing Company's bottles and some labels and things like that. In addition, there are oral histories that have been recorded from at least 75 people who have made significant impacts on the craft beer industry. So if you're interested in checking it all out, you can go hit an exhibition called Food Transforming the American Table. That opens October 25th, and they will have a section dedicated to beer memorabilia. And also there will be a Smithsonian Food History Weekend on November 7th through 9th, or you can check out the slideshow on that post on the Smithsonian's website. Pretty neat stuff. I saw they also have Charlie Papazian's homebrewing spoon there. They do. They have his the original copy of his first homebrew recipe, the only surviving, I believe, or the only one left of it. And I actually had that written down. I didn't mention it. It's called Log Boom Brew. So pretty neat stuff. That's going to be interesting yeah. to see. Sounds like a, a fun project. Absolutely. So everybody loves top 10 lists. Website 24-7 Wall Street has compiled a top 10 list of America's top 10 drunkest states. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to do the top three. And, and number three is Alaska with 22.1% of adults saying they drink excessively. Shout out to our listeners in KFAR in Fairbanks. And uh, second is Wisconsin. And the winner is North Dakota. Drunk states. That's right. How about it? You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break. But we will be back very soon to talk more Oktoberfest with Tucker Brewing. Is your brewery or restaurant pouring all jacked up? Your foundation needs to be protected from heat, chemicals, and other contaminants. At the same time, you want to make sure it's slip resistant and you can clean up your messes with soap and water. You know who to call? ResTech. We've been manufacturing poured-in-place flooring since 2002, and we've got solutions to fit any facility's needs. Go on and visit our website at ResTech.net. That's R-E-S-T-E-K.net. Drop us a line, and we will come to you for a free evaluation. Oh, yeah. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you.
Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you miss an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss a show. Now let's get back to our Oktoberfest talk with Tucker Brewing. Oktoberfest, Brian. That's right. We've drank, Oktoberfest. A, we've drank a few. We're on our third yes. of night. We found one we forgot we had. That's right. The Ianger. So we've got that one. We've added to it. But uh, we had some discussion in between the segments. They're talking about the beers we liked. And we don't know what they are yet. But uh, number three seems to be about, what, three-fifths, I think, right now. Yeah, and your number, the first one we had is your number one right now, right? That's really growing on me. There was a kind of a, a, a and I think I like the big bready, the toasty notes in some of these, and I enjoyed that element on there, and it was enough in number one to make that beat number three for me. But number three, I think, is clearly superior to number two at this point, yes. Okay, and Smalls, you're totally disagreeing with Brian and saying number two is superior, well, right? Brian's always wrong, so. True, that's true, right here. we know this, yes. <laughs> But no, I, I prefer number two, but again, I prefer my beers to be a little bit maltier. A little maltier, yeah. And like we were talking about, with these, they're all good beers, at least so far everything we've gotten into yeah. has been a good beer. And so the similarities there, it becomes tough. It's not a guarantee. Last year we had a, a beer had or a two that we were like, these are this is really not good. So right. And it w- they were big names. So interesting. Good stuff. Well, Ashley Tucker, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Tucker Brewing Company in Tucker, Georgia with Tucker Eagleson. It was cool of them to name the brewery <laughs> after you before you even got there, Yeah, right? in the town as well. It's crazy. Yeah. It just all worked out. Did that impact your decision to come down and join the team any? It's really weird how it worked out. I was on an industry website called Pro Brewer, which I'm sure you're aware of. And the most recent posting on there was Brewmaster at Tucker Brewing in Tucker, Georgia. I was <laughs> like, no what way. The <laughs> this has got to be some kind of destiny or something. So I ended up calling Ashley's brother, Ryan, who posted the ad. And I was like, hey, so my name's Tucker and I brew beer. What more do you want? <laughs> Did yeah. you say not said? Yeah, this really. interview is done. It is. Right. <laughs> totally. So uh, the rest is history. I've been there for about a year now and uh, having a lot of fun brewing lagers. Good stuff. That is one reason we wanted you to join us here is uh, we don't have a lot of lager breweries in Georgia or really around the country right now. There's not a ton of them. Not dedicated solely to lager. But uh, we have Arches Brewing that joined us last year for our Oktoberfest show. And uh, what made you decide to go that route uh, to to do a lager-focused brewery? I think for us, we really wanted to do beers that were sessionable and flavorful. You know, and if you come to our brewery and you really see the space, it's meant for people to come, stay, hang out. So we really wanted that to kind of carry over in the whole brand experience. Beers that you can take anywhere, drink anywhere, and really just enjoy in copious amounts, of course. You know, that's it. Sessionable. Exactly. The sessionable six percent, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is looking through all the stats for all the, the beers that we're going to be blind tasting. Almost all of them are exactly five point eight percent. I mean, you got to give it to the Germans for their efficiency. They're like right, they're right on their numbers. Yeah. Almost all of them are either 20 to 22 IBUs. So almost identical properties, but the actual flavors are considerably different Quite when different. you drink them. So it's a lot you can do and be Reinheitsgebot. 
So. Ryan Hotz Kabat. <laughs> yes. yes. Your beer garden there, that's something I think a lot of people that I see that go over and visit the brewery, they mention, you know, what a great beer garden. They also mention how kid-friendly it is, which is not a sell to me necessarily. But. Right. There's some people we have that aren't a sell, but, you know, we try to. But you know what? There are a lot of people there now that when we have discussions on the Reddit forum or on the Reddit ATL beer, there's always a few guys on there that talk about, you know, the kids on there. You guys have a meme, by the way. Have you seen your meme? No. Yeah. So someone, it's a group of kids jumping up in the air cheering and someone put TKR, TKR. T-. Oh, man. So. That's, that's not a good look. I like a kid-friendly place when kids are goats. I think that's pretty neat. You know, It little took goats, me a second there right? to get on that. Kid-friendly? Nice. But no, you know what? A lot of people, and especially with the drinking culture of sit down, have a few, you have a huge beer garden. You can bring the kids. They can play out. You know, the beer garden, there's games out there, music and that. And I was looking, I've been over to your brewery in, in the beer garden. I'm like, this is really nice. But then I was looking on your website and saw a picture. Of it, and I'm like, man, that's a lot bigger than I realized. And when I went over there, it was full of people. I don't think I quite got the scope of how large it is. Are you, did I hear you say earlier, are you the largest beer garden in, in Georgia? We are. We're, we are we're the largest beer garden in the States. We're, our space is about 10,000 square feet. We have a 600-square-foot uh, stage. So, you know, definitely some things to do while you're out in the beer garden uh, outside of just being able to drink. Will you have oompa music? For Tuktoberfest? Yeah. So it's funny. We When we did Tuktoberfest last year, we were all about, you know, it's got to be as authentic as possible. Let's do polka music all day. And then by, I think, 1130 at night, all of us were like, I'm over it. Like, it's too much. It's too way much. too much. So this year we said, okay, we'll definitely do the polka music. You have to. It's a staple. But we'll implement. We've got some um, bigger name bands that are coming. Coy Boyles, who's with Zach Brown, um, is playing. And Travers Brothership is also playing. And um, oh, actually one of our bartenders, DJ Zach Falls, is playing as well. So um, got some different types variety of genre there. of yeah. variety. So it's fun for everybody. And you know, a little something a little different. You know, I think this is a good time to talk a little bit about Oktoberfest music since we brought that up because I went in and did a little research. I'm wondering what are the traditional Oktoberfest songs? And there's there's some that you'd you'd figure I believe Ein Prosit is kind of the most popular one and there's there's one about Hofbrau House, but something I did not know, a few songs that I did not know, um John Denver's Country Roads is really? a very popular Oktoberfest song. Did not know and that. Uh, Sweet Caroline is another one. And uh, the the White Stripes, Seven Nation Army. Really? Are all Oktoberfest songs. None so of them can hold a candle, though, to the chicken dance. I know. The chicken dance. Yeah. So it's something I'm like, I had no idea. And I'd heard someone talking uh, or saw a post online where people were talking about John Denver's Country Roads. And someone, I don't remember the exact context, but mentioned that they'd heard the song somewhere and asked, why are you playing Germany's national anthem? Oh, right. I get, and I don't know if any of this is true or I've been fooled by the internet, but apparently it's extremely popular. Mm, that's a good song. Maybe you can get one of the bands to play it there. I know, definitely. I'm we'll surprised no Hasselhoff made the list. I, I mean, I know that they have a, a deep, deep abiding love yeah. of David Hasselhoff. They do. They do yeah. love their, their Hasselhoff. Don't hassle the Hoff. Yeah, that's right. But we put together an Oktoberfest uh, playlist, and we'll actually put a link to that in our show notes. 
if you use Spotify, you can go in there and get our playlist and enjoy some Oktoberfest music, both, I guess, all traditional or, or modern traditional. Check it out. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, you you came out with Oktoberfest Marzen Lager. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your approach to brewing that beer? Uh, yeah. So we want it to be the ultimate drinking beer during the Oktoberfest time. So the drinkability level on this beer was going to be supreme. So okay. we wanted it ultra balanced between hops and malt. To be con- consumed a liter at a time, correct? A liter at a time. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know, after one liter, you just want another one. Absolutely. So we've tasted a number of these beers. Have any of these, do you think any of these beers that we've had so far is your Tuktoberfest? You know, this number four right here that I'm drinking right now, it, it's kind of reminding me of something. So, kinda, <laughs> so my timing was good with that, that I had no idea. I just kind of threw huh? that out there. Well, it's tricky to, to look at that. Even knowing your beer, I'm sure you've had it many, many times, you know, tasting it, you and brew it in that, but you throw it in with eight others and drink it. It's it can be tricky to pick it out. Yeah, just right. yeah, especially with all these big dogs we're going up against. I've got so many beers in front of me right now. Y'all. <laughs> just going going. With numbers on them, yes, it's it's difficult to keep them all straight, Tim. It is, but it's it's fun going through all these, checking them out. So we need to take a break, Brian. We're going to come back and we're going to ramble some more about Oktoberfest. Talk about some of the traditions in history. Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We'll be back right after this. Last year was such a blast. We're doing it again. The second annual Tucktoberfest on Saturday, September 28th. Beer, brats, music, games, and more. Celebrate Oktoberfest in Georgia's largest beer garden located at Tucker Brewing Company. Ticket gets you entry to the festival, a souvenir glass, one beer ticket, and Grammy Award-winning live music. Tickets are $30 online, $35 at the door. Buy yours now at TuckerBrewing.com. We'll see you on Saturday, September 28th. Tucker Brewing Company, inspired by tradition. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram i didn't enjoy it at all now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kcpx 1490 am in moab utah catch beer guys radio on kcpx every sunday at 3 p.m local time now let's get back into the oktoberfest talk with tucker brewing we're all up in it brian we're deep into the oktoberfest talk we're so deep time into it. we've We've been sampling these beers. We're, uh, what do y'all think so far? What are your opinions? We're, we're getting into number nine here soon. And uh, it's challenging tasting all these beers, don't you think? It is. Can't taste anything anymore. See, it's all <laughs> so festy. 
But Brian, talking of Oktoberfest, you got us some stats and info on uh, the history of Oktoberfest. I do, right? I do indeed. And and the one thing I, I want to say is we're not drinking a ton of them, but after so many of them, it does they do kind of start blurring together a bit. But yes, Oktoberfest background. So the first Oktoberfest was in 1810, and is basically a huge wedding reception for Prince Ludwig and Princess Therese. So the the interesting thing about that, and part of the reason it endured, I read, I have just read recently, is that it broke with tradition. Usually, wedding ceremonies like that were only for the the muckety mucks, the royals. They opened it up to the entire community, and everybody had a party. And so it caught on. People dug that, and they kept partying. So the modern Oktoberfest starts in mid mid to late September and runs through the first weekend of October. So sixteen to eighteen days, depending on the calendar. Oktoberfest 2019 begins at 12 p.m. Saturday the 21st of September and will end on Sunday the 6th of October 2019, obviously. And uh, so what uh, Americans know as Oktoberfest beers are not necessarily the same beers that are favored at Oktoberfest. What? Yeah, craziness, right? So uh, last year we were talking to our Oktoberfest guru, Owen Ogletree, on the subject, and he said uh, they favored a, a... malty, sweeter, darker, golden fest beer than uh, than what we typically get as our Marzins here. So it's uh, a little bit of an easier drinking style than the Mar- Marzins we favor, so they can handle those liters a lot easier. So they go down easier, basically. And I, th- I believe a, a touch more ABV to them, so... Just a, just a. Do you know bit. what the the ABV is over there? You know the average ABV. You Wait know. a minute! You're saying that they're darker and more boozy, so they go down easier. That's that's what uh, that's what my notes say, and I believe that's okay. what Owen Ogletree was telling me. I was wondering about the darker part of it because I thought the the darker golden fest beer, so like darker gold, maybe not necessarily darker than what we're drinking. So uh, yeah, well, based upon the beers that we're drinking, some of them are. Some of them might be served during Oktoberfest. Some of them are. Some of them are definitely not. But we're seeing a pretty consistent 5.8% ABV across the board. It's just, you know, lockstep in that about 20 IBUs for all of them. I can tell you that uh, the average Oktoberfest glass of beer co- weighs about five pounds and will cost you about 11 to 12 euros a liter. You know, I've tried to think, Brian. Serving in liters, you see people go over there and spend the day. I mean, that's a lot of beer. Oh, yeah. Like, I, when we go to the German restaurant here, I never want a full liter. I mean, that just, and not that I can't. I have. I have, and I will again in the future, Brian. I kind of always want a full liter. A full liter? No, half liter is good with me. I'll go with that because I'll have a few, but I don't feel if I'm drinking the full liters. You think five pounds, three beers in, you got 15 pounds of beer in you. Minus what you've dropped off. I was going to say, it's it, this is going to be a catch and release scenario. You know, you're going to catch it, but you're going to release a bit of it back. So, Tucker, have you been over to the Real Deal Oktoberfest? I've never been down to Munich during the actual Oktoberfest, but I have been down to Munich and it's okay. It's a just didn't place. make it at Oktoberfest, huh? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ashley, how about you? Have you been to Same. the fest? Okay. I haven't been to um, Oktoberfest, but definitely have gone to Munich. Love Munich, but would love to get back there to see what it's truly about. That's what I think that that's on my bucket list. I want to do. I haven't been to Belgium yet. I want to do all the Belgian Belgian breweries. Go over there and check that out. And I think you, you kind of have to do if you're a beer connoisseur. I'm going to call sure. myself a connoisseur here. If you're a beer connoisseur, 
you got to throw Oktoberfest in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and the interesting thing is, is I found out just this year that there is an association against fraudulent pouring, which Whoa. is an actual organized kind of police force that patrols Oktoberfest to ensure that your pour comes up to the leader mark on all these. So they're very serious about beer over there. They're not messing around. It's so German. Yes, very German. <laughs> very German. Well, th- that's what I was going to say. I've seen Europeans talking about that because I know in the UK as well, they have the lines on the glass. And I think Belgium, too, has a I believe a, a so, bar. yeah. I've never really put that much thought. If it's close to a full glass, I don't, I don't get too worried with it. So they're good at what they do. I see them pouring, and I don't think they even look at it. They just know instinctively because they're pouring hard. There's a lot of head that forms, and they set them down on a table. And apparently they've got it just nailed in terms of timing and whatever, because once it all settles out, it hits that right on there, yeah, huh? right on that leader. So they're very precise with that and they've got a, a force that enforces it. So that's pretty funny. Taking care of business, man. Apparently there was concern about that at some point, which is why they organized it, that people were skimming and it was, it's against the law. It's kind of a big deal. It's like, they don't want people ripping off the public and giving the Oktoberfest a bad name or it, setting it in poor light. So you, you got to admire that, maintain the quality, you know? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, taking taking care of making sure things are up to par, right? Exactly right. So do you guys know what the original Oktoberfest beer was? Uh, what yes. What style of beer? It was a Dunkel, I believe. It wasn't actually a Marzen. Uh, I don't uh, think he agrees with you, Brian. It, By okay. the head tell thing. You so. know what? I could be wrong. So, yeah. so these notes I put together, some are from... Older pre- previous shows where we've talked about some of the same information, but what I have is the style of beer at Oktoberfest has changed a lot over the years. In 1810, it was a Dunkel. In 1872 to 1900, it was a Bach. In 1900 to 1970, Marzen was kind of what they were pouring there, like we drink here. And since 1970 to, to, uh, to today, it's actually a Fest beer, which is that golden, higher AB. ABV, easier to drink type of beer. So Fest beer is what they're currently doing. The dark high ABV, easy to drink. I don't beer. know about that dark <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah. That dark that dark bit got put in my notes. It's not accurate. But Tucker disagrees with me on that original. What was the Those original? Those notes sound pretty detailed, yeah. which sounds good. I could be lying in uh, detail. Though. I, <laughs> yeah. I've always heard that the Hellas was actually the original Oktoberfest beer. Okay. It's possible. You lied with such... Gusto, Brian, that he's like, well, maybe maybe Brian's got it together there. Tim, it's all about attitude when you're lying. It is. It really believe is. Believe in yourself. So I believe in the me that put these notes together, but I don't know if I should have been. That guy could have been drunk. Fair I mean, enough. I know me I pretty understand. well, and there's a good chance he was. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Any beer that's actually served at Oktoberfest is considered an Oktoberfest beer, and you'll find more than just the Fest beer. That's the most popular beer. You'll also find Hellas, as you mentioned. You'll find Dunkles, Rattlers, and Hefts. And there's even non-alcoholic beer, if you can believe it, at Oktoberfest. A good NA wow. beer at Oktoberfest, You can drink right? liters of non-alcoholic beer. Brian, did you mention yet how much beer they drink at Oktoberfest? I don't believe I did. That's I saw, I remember last year we were looking at it, and the volume, if I remember correctly, was equivalent to like three or four Olympic swimming pools. Is that right? That is correct. Based on some updated figures I have, 7.5 million liters of beer were consumed in 18 days during the 2017 Oktoberfest. That's actually a little bit more, I think, than 60,000 barrels of beer or 1.8 million gallons, which is enough 
not galleons, gallons. Galleons it's of a, beer. It could be ship size. I don't know. Yeah. It's enough to fill about three Olympic size swimming pools. So yes, that is correct. That is, uh, it's a lot of beer, Tim. I think 1.8 million galleons, galleons would be more than three. three That'd be great. Good Spanish or German galleons? I don't know. Do they come in German? I don't know. I th- I always hear it Spanish. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I hear. I'd too. take a ship full of beer, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it might have trouble floating, but if it was a light beer, maybe very highly carbonated. Highly carbonated. Full of Berliner. One of those good high ABV, dark, easy drinks. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I blame my notes for that. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Well, Brian, we're about to take a break. We need to get here on another break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about German drinking phrases because Germans have the best words. For drinking, then we're going to talk about uh, the beers here. We're going to give our top three. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We'll be back with Tucker Brewing right after this. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. As a brewery owner or tap room manager, are you looking for ways to enhance your customer experience while maximizing your revenues? Craft Cellar is a mobile solution that helps your brewery drive sales and attract new customers through online pre-sales for beer releases, events, and memberships. Get details now at craftseller.com. Mention Beer Guys Radio after sign-up and extend your free trial to a full 30 days. Remember, craftseller.com, C-R-A-F-T-C-E-L-L-R.com. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show Shake it, welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons get cool perks like beer guys swag commercial free episodes and even bonus episodes that aren't available anywhere else and as tim mentioned earlier it's this beer right here surly Furious. Furious, Brian. Furious totally IPA. Furious. And I know, I'm not going to say what, but we've got some coming up from the cellar, really nicely aged. At least one of them was in a rye whiskey barrel. So you really want to check that out. But now let's get back to our talk about Oktoberfest with the folks from Tucker Brewing. Y'all, we have drank all of the Oktoberfest beers, at least all the Oktoberfest beers that we had here. So we're moving along. We're going to talk. Brian, you had some information on some fancy drinking phrases, German drinking phrases, correct? I do, I do. I have, I have a number of them. The first one is fruit shopping, which is morning drinking, Tim. Morning drinking, are, are day you, drinking. Are you, yes. We've got a phrase for that too. I was going to say, there's day drinking and then there's morning drinking. This is a special kind of drinking that happens before noon. So it's the tradition of meeting at a pub late morning and drinking vice beer and sometimes having a meal, but sometimes not. And it's popular, you know, after a church service in certain regions of Germany and. uh but with the decline of church attendance, it's a little less common than it used to be. So church going away has actually stopped some of the German day dr- morning drinking. So that's a, that's a shame. Of course, there is. Do a, they drink before church, or do they just go to church really early? You know, I 
I think it's after church because that happens early and you have a little bit of time before noon to, to get some food in, get a drink in or two. So I, th- I think it's after, but I'm not sure. I've never gone to church in Germany, so I, I couldn't say. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Another phrase that I really enjoy is Ozaptius, which means it's tapped or it is tapped. It's a traditional proclamation that kicks off Oktoberfest. I have had the occasion to say this while you tapping did. a keg. That's yes. right. Here in uh here in Atlanta last year. Yes. And Ashley, you were just telling us you actually do the official tapping. Is You said the mayor had come before. Is he doing it this year as well? Yep. He literally, he came to the brewery. He comes actually to the brewery pretty often, but um, he had said to us, you know, you just let me know what time I need to be here and I'll I'll be up on stage tapping that keg. So For a day last year, I was the mayor of Atlanta because I fulfilled <laughs> that, <laughs> I fulfilled yeah. that role. But yes. what did it take you, like 14 taps to get No, it, no, get no. In? People gamble no? on that, yeah. uh, apparently. The, the mayor can take as many as, as little as two, as many as like a dozen or 14. I think I got it in two or four. I think it was two. I'd have to go back and check the footage. We have footage of that. I think one good solid. Has anybody done it in one? Because uh, I, I kind of feel like you should be able to do that, right? I, th- I think it always takes two. I think one kind of gets it seated in and the second one sets it home. I think that's typically how it goes. I could be wrong. Well, I think I the, traditional, the traditional keg at Oktoberfest is a little bigger than the ones here. I've never, I've tapped a cask before, an American cask, and I don't think I've got it in one shot. I think it's difficult to get. Maybe I'm being over-expectant of our German brethren there. Yes, yes. Well, and you're, these are politicians, so you're not pr- professional keg tappers, so you have to Get, make some allowances for that. Understandable. So, of course, we have Prost, which is cheers. People know that. There's another fun one, beer lichen, which is beer corpses. And it's what the, the locals call people who get drunk too early and pass out in the grass at Oktoberfest. So if you go too hard when you're fruit, fruit shopping, shopping, then you'll end up a beer, beer lichen. That's right. right. Yeah. And it's 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 fun. that uh, It's like basically an after-church event. So we went to church, and then we went fruit <laughs> well, shopping. We went fruit shopping. And then, and then I then became beer the beer undead. Yes. that's so that's, And then three days later, you rise from the beer like. And, and then exactly. Like fully and some religious, hangovers religious are like experience. that. Three days later, you rise up, and you're like, I'm finally over this thing. It was like death. It, uh, yes. yes. Near-death experience. Well, Brian, I think we've covered the basics of the traditions of Oktoberfest. Let's talk about our beers. So as we mentioned earlier, we had a list of nine beers that we tried, and we have something that happened this year, Brian, that I don't think has happened on the previous shows with our previous no. guests, and people are going to think that we are dirty liars, but we are not. We always speak the truth <laughs> on Beer Guys Radio, uh, but we drank through those. Brian, real quick, what was your what was your top pick? So my top pick, drinking them blind, was Sierra Nevada. Yeah, that, that's with the, uh, the Bitburger folks, and I do will say, having had it before the show, that I definitely like it more than last year's. Okay. So, yeah. All right. That's Smalls. What what got your number one spot? Sam Adams. Sam Adams. What did you like about that one? I, like I said, I prefer the maltier, sweetier. This one, I got a lot of the graham cracker on the nose, which I liked. That's one that I, I think is is highly contested, and it varies a lot from year to year. Like, one year it'll be it'll be really good, and the next year it doesn't seem to hit the mark anymore. I wasn't, I wasn't fond of it last year. And, Tucker, I mean, you're just so full of yourself over there, man. Well, you're... Your number now. I will say this though, your number, your beer was your number one. Yeah, and you called it right. You knew that. You knew um, that was your beer. Yeah. Next, next to my uh, my number six here, I have TKR with a uh, question mark. So yeah, th- there was a sense that it might be our beer. That could be it. Um, but yeah, this is my number one. Right. What do you like about your beer, Tucker? <laughs> you know, 
What kind of what was your goal with it? Was it? Super I, I cold. Guess kinda, um, yeah, super cold. <laughs> frosty mugs. Yeah. It went down easy. Smooth. I, I just found that it was super clean in flavor, very well rounded, and zero off flavors. And I could probably take um, three liters, four liters of That's it. Man, it's crazy <laughs> over here. Sounds like an engine. How many? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Four what do you run on? It's a 3.0. Yeah. Well, <laughs> And Ashley, you also called it and your your beer, your favorite beer, which is the way it should be. Yeah, so I, I picked our Tuktoberfest um, blindly. And, you know, the reason I picked it, I just, it has a little bit more body than I think most of them had. And I really like the caramel aspect of it. Um, you know, it's just an easy drinking light beer for being a Meritson style. Yeah, that and it was one that, uh, it was my number one as well. Uh, you know, I picked your number it, one. it was my number one beer. Brian, I just looked at my notes and I just remembered things that you had to say about that beer. Oh, yeah. The first pour I went. So it turned out to be I got a, a second pour of it after the fact, also blind. And uh, the second pour tasted completely different to me. Um, I don't know why. Because to be kind, Brian, you said you had some notes of flatulence. It was a little flatulent and there was a like sulfury. There was a touch of something else in it. And the second pour I got, it was considerably better, like night and day different. So I don't know what happened. It's got to breathe for it a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's got to aerate it like a fine wine there. And in my final ranking, it wound up being my number three. So okay. that's, how much, that's how much of a difference that pour made. We got some hard plastic cups because generally those are okay to taste beer in if they're the hard plastic. But I think we noticed they were in, so we moved to glass glass. Just so we didn't impart any, and that's what I do with that there. second one. Yeah, there's a, a definite aroma that those impart that kind of changed my perception of some of the beers. So yes. yeah, okay. Well, overall, we take this the way we score it, Brian. We all go around. We give our top three. The number one gets three points. The number two gets two points. The number one gets one point. And as a group, we give the top three consensus there. So uh, for us, group wise, number one was Tucktoberfest. And that's what I said. People are going to be like, oh, come on. You have a guest on the show and their beer is the number one. So we did have two people pick that as their number one. So, three. so that's it. Oh, did, yes. Yeah. We did have three of us pick it. Blind. As a, three as a picked number, it as the number one. You know what? I apologize. I have to take back my statement. Tucktoberfest was my second favorite. Oh, so okay. we were close. What was your number, first? My number one was uh, Highland Clawhammer. Oh, Highland. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that one quite a lot. And my notes on that one say it had a light aroma. It was very crisp and very tasty. So I guess that one to be a German, actually, as we were drinking through there. I have a note here that I thought that was a German beer. That, that was my number four. I also was okay. very fond of that one. Yeah. 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 So that was tasty. That was it. And uh, yeah, Tucker was my, my number two there, but it ended up. When we looked, all of us put Tucktoberfest in our top three. We all, all of us, it hit one position uh, for all of us in there. And really the only beer that everyone uh, voted for there. So uh, good stuff there. Our number two overall was the Highland Clawhammer. Okay. Adding up all the votes there. And number three was the Sierra Nevada. So that is the beer guys, radio top three Oktoberfest beers out of the nine that we tasted for 2019. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, good stuff. And we'll put a list of all the beers we put on. We'll put our top three on there. And uh, speaking of Oktoberfest, when this airs, it's kicking off. Yes. It is the official kickoff. And what, uh, uh, Tucker Brewing, what's the date again on your Oktoberfest? Yeah, so Tucktoberfest is Saturday, September 28th from 4 to midnight. We've got a bunch of bands, some fun uh, games, Steinholding contests, 
wiener toss, you name it. And lots of good beer. We actually um, will have a barrel-aged Meritson as well. Okay. Uh, will you have Schweinhoxen over there? Um, uh, no, I don't know if that made the list. But we'll have pretzel, or... beer cheese, brats, um, you know, some chicken as well. Since chicken's Sounds like pretty a good time. Wear your, wear your leader hosen. Wear yes. your leader hosen. In Drundles. Come ready to party. And exactly. throw wieners. Yes. And throw wieners. Hold steins and, and, and hold throw steins wieners and throw wieners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us, joining in the blind tasting here. Uh, I love Oktoberfest. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks and just getting out there and partying and having a good time. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. us, guys. Absolutely. See you, at, see you at Tucktoberfest. You know it. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Chicago's Revolution Brewing. For more craft beer info, follow us online or just stop, drop by Brian's house anytime. Just sure. email me and I'll send you his address. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang.